Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 541, Lord Jesus Christ with us abide. sinful. I have disobeyed you 
and justly deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the Word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this ninth Sunday after Pentecost is from Joel chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. In this section, the Lord speaks of judgment for God's enemies and he also talks about the blessing, safety, and security for God's people. The Lord said, Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come trample the grapes, for the winepress is full and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will be darkened and the stars no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the sky will tremble. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Alleluia. Our Lord says, My word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Alleluia. Alleluia. chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 in this reading we hear about oh the work of the Holy Spirit how he is our helper and how he helps with our prayers bringing the right petitions to to the Father for us the Apostle Paul wrote in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. 
Let's continue now with our next hymn, and that's hymn number 613, Come You Thankful People, Come. Servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? 
No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowds, the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow children of the kingdom of heaven, when Jesus ascended into heaven, prior to his ascension into heaven, he gave his disciples the great commission, telling them to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. As the disciples followed Jesus' directions, what happened is that the church grew. The Holy Spirit worked on people's hearts. And you can remember that on the day of Pentecost, that special day when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples and gave them the ability to speak in different languages and more importantly gave them the ability to faithfully preach and teach the Word of God, well, what happened that day is 3,000 souls were added to the New Testament church and some of those 3,000 probably were unbelievers who were called to faith in Jesus that day. And, and some of them were Old Testament believers, already believers who needed to know that Jesus was the fulfillment of all of those Old Testament prophecies, the fulfillment of God's promises. After that, the book of Acts tells us the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church was growing and it continued to grow as the gospel was proclaimed, even though it wasn't always the safest thing for a person to be a believing child of God, to be a Christian back then in the early Christian church. As Christians, people back then were very likely to be persecuted for their faith. And that means they could be arrested, imprisoned, and in some instances even executed for their faith. Uh, burned at the stake, 
thrown to the lions. That's what happened in the early Christian church. Nevertheless, the church did keep on growing. And it still keeps on growing because the Holy Spirit keeps on working on believers' hearts, strengthening our faith and getting us to understand that faith in Christ is, is and was, of course, worth the suffering and even death. Because through faith in Christ, what believers have to look forward to, what we have to look forward to, is eternal life in heaven, eternal joy in heaven. Well then, what happened is about maybe 270, 280 years after Jesus ascended into heaven, there was a Roman emperor named Constantine who not only legalized Christianity, he professed to be a Christian himself, and, and he started granting Christians favors in the empire. And well, like I say, he joined Christianity himself. And at that time, huge numbers of people professed to be Christians said that they were believing children of God. Well, some of them, the Holy Spirit was working on their hearts, and some of them were doing it because it was politically beneficial for them to say that they were Christians at that time. And, well, we'd be fooling ourselves if we'd look at all of those people back then who profess to be Christians, and, and of all the people in the world today who profess to be Christians, well, we'd be foolish if we believed that absolutely every one of them was a believing child of God. It, it would be great if they were. It would be great if they were. But plenty of them, sadly, are not believing children of God. See, now, that's the point that Jesus is making in his parables of the weeds or the parable of the weeds and the wheat. There are plenty of spiritual weeds in our world today. According to Jesus, a weed is anyone who has rejected Christ, including those people who profess to be believers in Jesus or perhaps they think that they're believers, but they aren't really believing children of God. Today, as we consider Jesus' parable of the weeds and the wheat, let's ask ourselves, what should we do with the weeds? According to the parable, what Jesus tells us we should do is we should recognize their source, we should accept their presence, and then also be sure of their destiny. Jesus told this parable to a crowd of people that had gathered around him on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And in that parable, he talks about how the kingdom of God grows in this world. When the people heard the parable that day, and probably that was the case when people heard Jesus say a lot of things, a lot of his parables, 
they would say, oh, that's a great story, but what does it mean? For some reason, what Jesus did in this instance is he told the crowd of people this parable, but then he didn't explain to the people, to the whole crowd of people, what the parable meant. It was later on when he went into the house with the disciples that he explained to them what the parable meant. Not just for the disciples. And he said that he is the sower who sows good seed, and the good seed would be believers, including us. The evil one who sowed bad seed, that of course is Satan, and the bad seed is anyone who is a unbeliever, anyone who would profess to be or think he's a believer when he really isn't a believer. The bad seed, that's all the world's unbelievers. And Jesus wants us to recognize here that, that Satan is the source of all those unbelievers of all the weeds in this world. John, he describes, the Apostle John, he describes Satan as the one who leads the whole world astray. He tempted Adam and Eve to rebel against God by eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil back in the Garden of Eden. And when Adam and Eve became sin sinners, what happened is that they made it that all of their descendants would also be sinners. That all of their descendants, including each one of us, would be a sinner. And now see, that's how Satan had led the entire world astray. Everyone, through Satan's temptation of Adam and Eve, ended up being a sinner. And now Satan, because of his rebellion against God, He's condemned to an eternity in hell. And what Satan wants is he wants as many people as possible to join him in that suffering. As I've said, misery loves company, especially for Satan. He wants to have everyone suffering with him. But now a serious problem that exists that afflicts our world is that Satan just isn't taken as seriously as he really should be. Think about it, Adam and Eve, when they saw him, they didn't see him as a serious threat, even though they really should have, because he was speaking against what God had said. But they didn't see him as being a serious threat. They were kind of enthralled by him, and the world today still is kind of enthralled by Satan. Oh, and maybe just think about this. Oh, if we go back years into the Middle Ages, before TV, before the internet, before movies, before Netflix, before YouTube, and all of the modern ways in which we can entertain ourselves, what would happen is that people would often go to see religious plays. And there was one character that they were always looking for in those religious plays, a character who was considered a comic character. He was always dressed in red and with a pitchfork. He had horns and a tail 
and onlookers were absolutely thrilled when he would come on in and he would start picking on the lead character, the hero, or the her heroine in the play. He was considered a comic character, and that's Satan. And unfortunately, so many people in our world today kind of view Satan in the same way. When they sin, when they do something wrong, you know that phrase, the devil made me do it, is one that people often use. And Satan loves it. He loves it when we view him as a comic character, when we don't take him seriously, because then we can more easily fall to his temptations. We may very easily fail to see the seriousness of any and all sin. And we may fail to recognize how deadly he is and that he is the source of all the weeds, the unbelievers in this world. He wants us to forget that he is after destroying our souls. He wants us to be weeds. In the parable that Jesus told, the servants recognized that amongst the wheat that was planted, there were weeds that were growing in. And they asked the master, should we, should we pull out the weeds? And the master said, no, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. When we think of the unbelievers in this world and, and sometimes the problems and troubles that they can cause us in this life, we may at times wish that God would just step in and wipe them all out or, or send another flood to destroy all of the evil in the world. Or perhaps maybe we'd even say, wouldn't it be great if we could gather together an army and just rid the world of all those who are unbelievers? But Jesus plainly in the parable says no to that. For one thing, we can't look into people's hearts to see if there is really or if there isn't really faith there. When you think of this parable, when the weeds and the wheat would start to grow, they looked very similar at first. And, and in this life, unbelievers and believers can look very similar as well. So if those servants in the parable pulled the weeds, they may also be pulling out the wheat. And if in the same way, if we should gather together a Christian army to try to destroy all of the unbelievers in the world, well, who knows who we'd be taking out. That's not our job. We need to accept the fact that there will always be weeds, spiritual weeds, unbelievers present in our world. When Jesus was about to be arrested in the Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane, we can recall how Peter pulled out his sword and 
struck the high priest's servant, cut off his ear, and while Jesus told them to put that sword away, he told them to put that sword of, away, and instead of using that sword, he wanted Peter, he wants us to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God on unbelievers. And when we use that sword, then the Holy Spirit can work through it, through that Word, not to take out the weeds, not to destroy the weeds, but to transform the weeds into wheat. Oh, what farmers would give if they could actually turn weeds into onions or potatoes or corn or whatever it is that they were growing. But see now what the Holy Spirit can do is he can actually turn weeds into wheat. He can graciously change unbelievers into believers. And now that's the kind of change that God wants to see in us. God did say, God our Savior wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Therefore, what we'll want to do is accept the fact that this side of heaven, there's always going to be weeds and wheat in the world. There always will be unbelievers and believers in the world. We'll accept that fact. But then what we'll also do is look at those unbelievers, that spiritual, those spiritual weeds, and see them as this tremendous mission field with which we can share the Word of God and on whose hearts the Holy Spirit can work. Let's also realize here how urgent it is, how urgent it is for us to sow that gospel seed without delay. There were two men who went to a restaurant one time for supper and as they were being waited on, the waiter said something so that the one man there said, you know what I really need to do is I really need to witness to my waiter about, about the Savior. But he kept putting it off when the waiter would come to fill his water glass or to bring the next course or whatever. He put it off. After he left the restaurant, though, he decided to wait for the waiter to talk to him, but the waiter never came out. And after waiting quite some time, he finally asked the manager of the restaurant what happened to the waiter and was told, you will never speak to that man again after waiting on you, he went to his room and shot himself. Such a story is so tragic because the man waited. Well, the waiter didn't get the opportunity to hear about Jesus that day. And of course, Jesus would have been the answer to all of his problems but he didn't hear about the answer to all of his problems. And a story like this just makes us think a little bit about 
in our lives, is there someone that we know? Is there someone that you know who doesn't know about Jesus, about the forgiveness of sins, and about how Jesus is the answer to all of the problems and troubles that we face in this life? Let's not hesitate to tell him or her about Jesus. Let's be looking for opportunities to speak, not to put off speaking about our Savior. Oh, there will always be weeds and wheat, believers and unbelievers in our world. But harvest time, judgment day, is coming. Jesus says, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All those who reject Christ, all who rebel against God by, by living in their sin and rejecting the forgiveness that our God so freely offers us, they will be condemned to hell. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. See, now Jesus wants us to be sure of the destiny of the weeds, of the spiritual weeds, of the unbelievers in our world. He wants us to recognize that, to, to know that hell is a real place because, well, there are so many so-called intelligent people in our world today who want us to believe that there is no such place as hell that there is no such being as Satan, that a loving God, and now we do have a loving God, but they say that a loving God would never send anyone to eternal condemnation, to be eternally condemned. But if we reject Jesus and tell him basically that we don't care what he says, that we're going to do what we're going to do and not take into account what he says, well, then Jesus will condemn. That's what he says. He speaks of hell as a very real place. In the Gospel of Mark, he describes hell as a place, he says, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Imagining, imagine the suffering Imagine the suffering involved in actually being eternally eaten by worms or being stuck in flames forever. I've, I've heard so many people say, and you probably also have heard people talk about how, uh, talk about hell in a joking manner and say, well, hell, it can't be that bad a place because all their friends are going to be there. But the fact of the matter is, is that no one in hell is ever going to get along. And maybe that's even something interesting to think about. 
Misery loves company. But Satan's not going to love having anyone there with him either. Because all there will be is fighting and bickering and arguing and pain and agony that will never end for everyone who is there. So let's never joke about Satan and hell. Instead, let's take Satan and hell seriously and let's thank God that he has graciously called us to faith in Jesus so that we can eagerly anticipate the glories of heaven. And let's keep on praying to God that he would hang on to us and keep us always steadfast in the faith so that we, by God's grace, remain the wheat that God has made us to be. But we come back to that question, what should we do with the weeds? What should we do with the weeds? As Jesus said here, recognize their source. Recognize that it is Satan and sin that is behind the weeds. And he wants to, Satan wants to lead everyone astray and make everyone into weeds who would suffer eternally with him. Let's accept their presence, the presence of weeds in this world. There always be, there always will be unbelievers in our world, but there's a great mission field for us again. And let's also be always sure of their destiny. Hell is a very real place, and unbelievers will be there forever but it doesn't have to be that way Jesus lived and died to pay for the sins of absolutely everyone weeds and wheat he paid for the sins of everyone and that means that everyone could be in heaven but of course, those who reject God, they face that really very real place of hell. But let's also realize that what our God has done is he's given us his gospel to share with the weeds that are in the world. Well, of course, we also want to share it with the wheat that's in the world to build up and strengthen faith so the Holy Spirit can do that. But we'll want to share his word with the weeds so the Holy Spirit can work on their hearts. Remember that what God has graciously done is you and I were weeds. But God has graciously worked on our hearts and turned us into spiritual wheat. How thankful we have to be that he's done that so that we don't have to fear eternal punishment. We can look forward to eternal joy. And, and we can also share that wonderful sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the Gospel message. We can share that. We can preach to the weeds out there in the world. And God, the Holy Spirit, can work to change the spiritual weeds into wheat as well so that they too 
can know our Savior and enjoy eternal life in heaven because of our Savior. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Grant us, Lord, the spirit to think and do what is right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may by your help be enabled to live according to your will. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. As we continue to pray for those on our prayer list, well, we ask you, Lord God, please keep on proclaiming that wonderful gospel message to us to work on our hearts, to build us up and strengthen us in our faith. And, and if it's according to your will, grant healing from our illnesses, from our aches and pains, but especially keep on always giving us that healing for our souls that builds us up and strengthens us as spiritual wheat in your kingdom. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Thank you again for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements to share with you in the congregation well today Sunday is Chad Stanley and Vaughn Powers birthday Wednesday Jackie Johnson's birthday Thursday Jacob McAlpine and Wilma Risner Friday is Paula Burris and Bradley Janicki's birthdays I think that that's pretty much what I have for announcements when we think of our prayer list, well, please keep on remembering Paula as she's dealing with the leg and blood circulation problems there. Um, please keep on remembering Paul Kennedy, Diane's brother dealing with stage four prostate cancer, and well, Diane Kennedy continuing to deal with her back issues and and plenty of others listed in our prayer list. Please look at that list. Please keep on praying for everyone, especially that we would all be built up and strengthened in our faith and strengthened as, as spiritual wheat in God's kingdom. The Lord bless and keep you always.